1: Hi, I'm Dean Blandino from Fox Sports, and you are listening to the Quick Snap Podcast.
0: Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Quick Snap Podcast with myself, Ari Marquides. And of course, joining me is Tom Crawford. How are we doing, Tom?
1: Not too bad, thanks.
0: Good man. Three weeks exactly from today, we're going to have some football back in our lives. Uh, and there's finally some news coming out of training camps. Not the greatest news. Some of the players that we are wanting to watch are getting yeah. injured. Which is
1: That's the worst non-tribing. thing about training camp. Yeah, get excited for it and then players just get injured.
0: Yeah, I think it's even worse now, though, because obviously these players haven't had the same kind of build-up. They haven't had OTAs. They haven't had mini-camp. They're now going into pad sessions in which they really are struggling to try and keep themselves fit, which is a real worry for, I think, when they go into the main season. Um, like Maybe two weeks in, they end up getting injured. And uh, It could really hamper. Teams with the, the lack of pre season games, I think, was a real issue.
1: No, Definitely. I think the, I imagine that week one and two are probably almost going to be mini pre season games from the point of everyone working themselves back up to full speed because it is going yeah. to be impossible to kind of go from 0 to 60 in that first game of the season, not have any injuries. So, you do yeah. wonder whether people will, whether there'll be some lower snap counts for people and stuff like that to try and mitigate any risk on the players
0: correct yeah i think it's gonna be it's gonna be a mad one because obviously we're from the uk and if the uk say no fans it's no fans everywhere uh, but obviously in the us it's different so the chiefs it's
1: absolutely fucking nuts yeah i don't get it
0: <laughs> the chiefs are the opening game they're gonna have 22 percent of their fans allowed in the stadium which is yeah. amazing for for us to watch football with fans and but then what, what they're gonna do are they gonna allow them to pump in fan noise, the rest of it, or what? And then what about a team yeah. that hasn't got any fans in? What do they do?
1: It's just an unfair advantage. It, I think, like, if no one crazy. can have... Yeah, because New York announced ages ago that there'd be no people at sporting events, and they're sticking with that. Um, a lot of other teams have come out, like, for their week one opponents and stuff like that, but to me, you can't have one team, even with 22% yeah. of their capacity, you can't have one team with that and other teams with nothing. Um like you said in terms of snap counts it is too much of an unfair advantage um, yeah. even pumping in music I don't really want them to pump in music I want to be no, able I to definitely. hear the signals I want to be able to hear the calls at the line I want to be able to hear all the trash talks from the DBs and the receivers I yeah. want to hear all of that I, I think, can,
0: I, yeah. I think for, for us as fans that could be like. I know we've watched football over here um, and it, is, it, is, it has been interesting watching it without the, without the fan noise and hearing what these players say to each other but it's not the same as the NFL, because the NFL, they've got that moment of stoppage where they, yeah. they're lined up and there's trash talk. And I think maybe it could be a time where the NFL is quite worried because I think what some of these players say to each other probably can't be heard. That's true, actually.
1: <laughs> there's constant beeping. Yeah.
0: So it is going to be an interesting, <laughs> an interesting watch. Yeah. I do think, though, it is a very unfair advantage having yes, some yeah. teams allowed their home fans and some teams aren't allowed them because, you know, Definitely teams such as the Chiefs or let's say the Packers thrive off that home home fan base if you're allowing them in the stadium. and We, we know the Chiefs fan base is massively noisy, yeah. so even a small percentage of that fan base is going to be massively effective compared to a stadium that's completely empty.
1: I imagine twenty two percent of fans in the Chief Stadium is probably more than what like the Chargers would get in their stadium.
0: Yeah, yeah. five percent <laughs> probably is. They,
1: they they couldn't fill up the the little football stadium, could they? So they're not, no.
0: they're not
1: gonna fill the 60000 60, seat.
0: No. No, it's gonna be a bit of a, a bit of a crazy one, isn't it, for the Chargers.
1: Yeah.
0: Um yeah, so there there isn't much else really. There's obviously the injuries that are happening, I mean, Nick Chubb's a notable one, AJ Green. Yeah. But general, is already out for the season. Uh, AJ Green's already out for a little bit with a hamstring injury. Um, not boding well for his season, no. So, yeah, there are a few notable names. It's, uh, it's a little bit concerning, but we have got football back in our lives. I've been sitting here non stop watching uh training camp live, it's been, been, been great. Um, you
1: need to get a life, mate. I do need to get a life. Need to, uh, <laughs> I've
0: actually got a family as well, which is worrying. Uh, so this week's yeah. been quite a special week for us here at the Quick Snap. We launched our uh, best of the best fantasy football league, and we had 80 entrants, eight leagues of 10, and they're filled. We launched it. The draft dates are set. The draft orders are randomized, and it kicks off the draft on Saturday, which is good. So hopefully, Very how it goes this year, yeah. i um, quite impressed. We had our first prize given to us by Pigskin UK and our second prize by a Gate Science Sport. So thank you for those guys for donating the prizes. Um, today we are going to go through the teams that we think have the highest ceilings and maybe the lowest ceilings. And these aren't necessarily the most obvious picks because we could just go straight in and say the Chiefs and the Ravens are going to have the highest ceilings. Well, that's obvious. No duh. Yeah. We're we're going to try and pick teams that we think probably are ranked middle of the park, but could have a potential big season on the cards. Um, and obviously the opposite way around as well. Yep. So, Tom, I'll let you kick it off. Who's your first team with the high ceiling?
1: So this is a little bit obvious because everyone's talking about them. And it is my team, the Bucks. Um, obviously they've gone all in this year with Brady. We knew that. Um, even before they brought Gronk in a short while afterwards. Um, but to me, I think this team could obviously, with Brady leading the way, if they can all gel, they can go as probably as far as any team. That young defence will hopefully come through more from how it finished the second half of the season last year. Um, you know, you could be looking at 12-4 and four, winning that division, which is going to be really hotly contested anyway. Um, yeah. You know, you can see them going... All the way through the playoffs, potentially, and then could they be the very first team to win a home Super Bowl? Um, there'd probably be no fans there, so it wouldn't—it wouldn't exactly be the same. But it's a while away.
0: It's a while away. In the
1: city, at least. Well, you can dream. You know, you tell me to be optimistic and be positive. So yeah, that's um, that's my positive view on it. But I'm also actually a little bit scared about it. <laughs> so even though I do think they have a very high ceiling, I am. A little bit concerned about the offense, Justin. What if it doesn't work? What if they don't gel? Um, the offensive line still scares me. Um, in front of Brady, um, what if he doesn't get on with the leftwich? What if he doesn't get on with Arians? Um, who's going to run the ball for us? There's reports of fights in training camps that go into the floor. Mike Evans is having a go at his teammates for fighting on the floor. You know, like it sounds a little bit chaotic at the moment. Um, obviously, a lot of testosterone with other players coming back and, and getting back into things quickly. And it's going to always going to be a fiercely competitive environment. Um, so, you know, I, I am s- slightly optimistic that they, they can go all the way to the Super Bowl, but I think at the same time, I'm a little bit tentative from the previous books fan in me. Yeah,
0: from the, uh, from yeah. the disappointed sports fan. I, yeah. I completely agree with you. I think they've got a massive ceiling. And what well, I've been watching, so you've Bruce Arians addressed the issues that uh, Tom Brady will want his own plays in there. And he said he pretty much had all those players in his playbook who just called different things, which is obviously a good sign. Yeah. Uh, they were saying that the Ronald Jones will not get a single snap on that field unless he can pass protect, which he's shown he can do, which is good news again for you. Um, I'm not
1: sure he can, though.
0: Well, we're only going off what the coaches are saying, aren't we? They are going to be positive. They're not going to come out negative, exactly. are they? Yeah. Um, Mike Evans is bigging up. His situation saying that Brady's going to make him a living legend. Uh, I think it's all positive news. Gronkowski's his usual upbeat self. Uh, yeah. I, think, I think, honestly, it doesn't even need to gel perfectly. It just needs to click, I think. Yeah. And the pieces are there. The receivers make catches themselves. Brady doesn't have to be what he's been the last five years, where he's been throwing balls into tiny pockets to make these receivers basically impossible to miss the ball. He's had Edelman there, who's been his like, like his reliable player. But other than yeah. that, really, he's had to make those players catch the ball rather than them allowing a little bit of window. Vera, of these receivers he's got here now, he can throw it up to Mike Evans, yeah. and he'll and he'll jump up and catch it. He can throw it yeah. as fast as he can or as slow as he can to Godwin, and he'll make that room. You no, know, and and obviously Gronkowski is just an, a different weapon in himself. So I, I am a little bit less worried about Brady because I think what he brings to this team, I know you say there are the fights, but that mentality, that that grit, that wanting to win shows that the Bucs have already ticked from this team that were getting beat last year to a team that this is what they want. This is They've got their goal there. This is what they're going to get. So I, I I've so. got a good feeling.
1: I hope so. The, the big thing in the past to me has always been the mentality. They've always seemed a little bit weak when quite often they would get out and then have quick starts. And they'd end up losing the game. And I mean, the perfect example of, of that was last year against the Giants. I think it was the fourth game of the season. Daniel Jones' very first start. It's at home in Tampa. They've got a big lead at halftime and they shit the bed. And Daniel Jones somehow gets the Giants winning the game just because, yeah. just because Tampa shit the bed. I'm actually quite excited for what the defense is going to be like. You've got Devin White in his second year the the defensive lines all come back. Vita Vea I think is one of the more underrated players in the entire league. He's an absolute monster. No one know, no one knows his name because Shaq Barrett and JPP are on either side of him and then you got Sue there as well. Um I'm excited for the safety Antoine Winfield. So I'm actually surprisingly more positive about the defense um yeah. than the offense but to me I think like pretty like pretty much any team in the league. It's all going to depend on those first five games of the season um, and how you can come out after them. So you're at New Orleans' first game of the season, which traditionally they've done quite well. In and, and New Orleans recently, it's always been a shootout. Jameis even managed to steal a few of them games. Then you've got Carolina at home. That should probably be a win. Away at Denver, which going away to Denver is always going to be difficult, but it's not going to be cold weather. Um and Drew Locke doesn't particularly scare me either. No. Um, and then you're at home against the Chargers um, who have got a monstrous defense, and I think that'll probably be a fairly low-scoring game. But again, they've got Tyrod Taylor. He doesn't really scare you. Um, and then for the fifth game, it's away Chicago. So again, it's another away game. Um, looks like it's a Thursday night one. But again, Trubisky or Falls, not scary. And, and their defense isn't what it used to be. So if Tampa can come out of that four and one five and zero, then who knows how to look they'll end up finishing the season?
0: Yeah, honestly, good little start for Tampa. Get three wins under the belt, and that team gets rolling. Right before awesome. before I actually make you smile about Tampa Bay, we'll move on because we know <laughs> we like to be negative about them. Um, yeah, my 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 first team with the high ceiling is Denver Broncos, and I know you just said that Drew Lock doesn't scare you. And if I'm honest, I'm on I'm on board of that. I don't think Drew Locke is the be all and end all. And if I'm honest, he hasn't proven a thing yet. He he, ha, he he really hasn't. However, I've got them down as a ten and six team, which I think is a good season for them. It's not amazing, but it's not very good season. Yeah, it's it's a good season for them, and I think and yeah, obviously you're not winning that division. That division is it's sold. It's not theirs. Um, <laughs> that Division
1: does not getting won by anyone other than the Chiefs for like 10 years Yeah, yeah. At least.
0: <laughs> whilst Mahomes is there um, but I think the Broncos have got a good chance of coming second, getting into the playoffs I wouldn't be surprised if they went, they went higher than 10-6 uh, they've obviously brought in Melvin Gordon which they didn't even need because they've already got Lindsay and Freeman, so this is now a proper solid running back by committee so again, that's less pressure on Drew Lock they've brought in Jerry Judy, and they already had Colton Sutton there. Again, yeah. less pressure on Drew Lock because he's got good receivers. No fans in his second year now, so he'll be improving on what issues he had last year with his dropping the ball. The defense is already great anyway. So Great. Great. I like the defense.
1: Okay. They've got good <laughs> safety. Yeah,
0: they've got good safety. Um, so I think they've got good chances. I'm quite confident that the Broncos will do well. I think the issue is Drew Locke and he could yep. completely fall apart because, he, what, did he have like a four or five game sample last year where he so, yeah. basically just didn't do anything wrong, which is a good sign, but is it a great sign?
1: Because he wasn't asked to do a lot though that's either. That's the point, yeah. It was he wasn't all very asked, simple.
0: wasn't really challenged. He wasn't asked to go out and pull yeah. a team back from a, a losing situation. He, there was nothing that You'd say the modern day quarterback, like say someone like the great, like Russell Wilson, who can literally pull three or four touchdowns out of the bag, bring the team back to a victory. Yeah. You haven't seen that anything there. So it's, it all hinges on, on, on him, I think. So it could be a middle of the road, seven and nine season, or it could be a great season and go up to like 10 and six or a higher, if with that, a higher ceiling, give Drew Locke actually the side he can yeah. play football.
1: I think ten and six for the Broncos would be a, um, a marvelous season for them. I think Elway, would be, um, yeah, will be, I be loving it if he, if, if they managed to get that. he would probably feel like True Lock was the was the right pick.
0: Yeah, I'm. i I think I thought they have they've had struggle, with it, haven't they, with their quarterback picks in the draft? So, if
1: yeah, considering Elway was one of the greats, he's not. He, he's been able yeah, to been pretty bad. Yeah, he, he had a he had a good sell to um Peter Manning, obviously bringing him into town. Yeah, but apart from that, he's never been able to 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 sort it out. Like he was going to pay Brock Osweiler a bunch of money, gave Case Keenum a bunch of money. Yeah, he's not quite been able to to, to do it yet.
0: No. Um. Yeah. So that that's I'm glad we both to agreed to so far, both agreeing on those ones. So who's your second one then for the high ceiling?
1: So mine is the Titans. Again, this might seem a bit strange because they made it all the way to the AFC Championship game last year, but I think everything went right for them. And it's, yeah, I feel like it's quite rare that for, for a team everything will go right at the exact same time at the offence performing the way it did and the defence yeah and even Vrabel as the coach the way that he was managing games everything went perfectly so would they be able to repeat that again um, I would say not but in theory because they've retained so much of their core offence um, you know, they, I think they do have every chance to, to win that division again next year and to and to go for your final fight in the in the playoffs again, whether it is the the AFC Championship game again or further. So when you look at their team from from last year, um, Derek Henry will probably have a bit of a come down because it will just be natural after having a monstrous season. Like he could still be, he could still have an unbelievable season, but just have yeah. a slight like, step back. because
0: 100%, Yeah.
1: It's like it's like McCaffrey. McCaffrey's not going to repeat what he did. Um, but I think even if Henry does come down. The receivers should all see a benefit. So you got AJ Brown, who looked really good the first-round rookie from last year. Yeah, and Corey Davis started to play a little bit better last year. Johnny Smith, the tight end, I think is going to be a star yeah, um, at some point. I think he could be a top-five tight end. I think the, the only question mark on this offense, well, there's two question marks, will be how much will they miss Conklin, um, who went away in free agency? A lot. Um, exactly. <laughs> um, and their, their O-line stayed really healthy last year. Um, they hardly had any injuries It was really consistent Which again is really rare It's really rare that that happens And then Tannehill Like to me They, they should have paid Tannehill Based on what he did But they've paid him too much money And for too long Like They're not going to get out of that contract now They've got Tannehill for three years Pretty much And and that's it There's, there's, there's no way out of it Without having their pants pulled down Basically And looking stupid so I to think it's a good deal Good
0: deal Yeah I think it's
1: that, a good deal
0: that,
1: that, that much money
0: it's not that much money.
1: It's, it's, it, I suppose it's more because it's like a three-year contract, though, isn't it, basically?
0: Yeah, but $20 million a year for a, for a starting quarterback in the NFL. Not that much money, that at all.
1: But three years for Hill. I think, I think it's the length more than anything.
0: You, we know so far what, what rabel has been doing is he's been managing it himself. So he's a, he wants a game manager, and that's what Tanner Hill's done for him. He's not looking for that quarterback to go out and win it all by himself. He just wants a game manager. And if he's got that True. for three years... Yeah. 20, I mean, million, twenty million a year for a starting quarterback. So think am it that way.
1: Yeah, which is a which is a bargain, but to me it's probably a little bit too long. But anyway, yeah, I'm so. going on negative again now after after trying to say they've got a high ceiling. <laughs> anyway, if they if they could play to their level of last year, yeah. even if it's only say maybe ninety percent of it, they're still going to go to the playoffs, potentially win a playoff game. Um, my, the bigger question marks for me Are more on defence So obviously they traded Ray Jarrell Casey For absolute change Are they going to miss him um, And the first round pick from last year Whose name I'm blanking on
0: Looked absolutely, absolutely fantastic when he
1: came in um, He was a real force In the game against the Patriots in the playoffs um, Controlling that line um, Controlling that line of scrimmage for the defence um, Will they miss Logan Ryan uh, The slot corner He's still a free agent He's wanting ten million dollars, which he's probably not gonna get. Yeah. Um but could they could they go out and offer him say maybe eight million? Probably. Um, and then Clowney's still out there, to me. They're a perfect team to go out and get Clowney. Um I think if you line up if you line, line up Clowney against what they've got on that defensive line already, I don't really know who's gonna be able to run on them. Um Jeffrey Simmons, that's the guy in the middle. That's the thing I'm thinking of. If you put Clowney and Jeffrey Simmons next to each other, yeah. they are going to wreak havoc on people. Um, and also, if you bring in Clowney, it makes trading away Casey look a bit less strange because they've got a, a, an, an, upgrade at, um, an upgrade at the end position. So, yeah, I think absolutely, if this team can play to 90% of what they did last year, they've still got a high ceiling. They're still going to go far in the playoffs. Um and to me, the biggest reason will just be Vrabel himself. I think he's a great coach. I think he's—you could maybe even put him in as in 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 the uh, top five in the league.
0: Yeah, that's uh, that's that's my point with the whole Tannehill thing. This is my—I—I th- I think the Titans are a very good football team, and I think it's all down to the coach. Obviously, you've got the players who are superstars on the team as well, but I think he makes it all work, and he makes having that—let's—that's called Tannehill average because that's. What he is—he's not—he's not, yeah. He's not he is special. Average. Yeah, he's just average. So he makes the average quarterback look impressive, and that's what he was last year. He was impressive. So you know, if you, if you can keep doing that for three years, it makes Tannehill's contract look fantastic. And I do think it you're would. right; it, they have got a, re- a really high ceiling this year.
1: Absolutely, I think again, yeah. To me, they'll be they'll have aspirations to win that division, and um. Maybe even try to get a playoff by. I, I think arguably I would probably trust the Titans and their setup bizarrely even more than the Ravens because I think with the Ravens that scheme worked again perfectly last year. Can that happen again? Um, and again, like all teams, they're just one quarterback injury away from That's my absolute devastation.
0: You know, I've I've predicted the Ravens win their division obviously because you'd be stupid not to. I think. Um... Because you, when you do predictions, you don't predict injuries. You predict if yeah, the yeah, fit yeah. team goes on. Yeah. However, I'm I'm really concerned about that team because of course there are good players within the team. That there are, you can't argue that defense is getting better. The, the the offense, Marquise Brown had a good year last year. They've brought in more running backs, even though they already had enough. Twenty. Yeah. So it, Mark Andrews is a good player as well. However, if if the quarterback does go down, that is.
1: Yeah, is R- RG three yeah. is not doing anything, is he? They're
0: they're they're an average side then, offense, offensively anyway.
1: Yeah, I mean, so, I I think they'll come back a bit. Um, like Chiefs are Chiefs are the number one team in in the AFC quite comfortably.
0: Yeah, I think so too. Um,
1: and I still I do think there is a fairly sizable gap between them and the Ravens.
0: Yeah, I, well I think so too. But I think probably a very unpopular opinion right now. Yeah. So. We'll move on to uh, my next high ceiling, and this probably is also quite an unpopular one, and it is the Cleveland Browns. So I've gone with a 10 and 6 Cleveland Browns, and it wasn't popular when I said it on Instagram. And I know you're not a big fan of the 10 and 6 Cleveland Browns, but the, the way I see it is they've already got a sound defense, they had rookies. That were building their reputation last year, so you know we need we need that one more one more season maybe to make them fantastic. The offense they improved exactly in what areas they needed to improve in. They brought in two offensive linemen one in the draft and then Conklin, free agency, who is isn't just an average offensive lineman. He was the reason Derrick Henry Derrick Henry had those holes in Tennessee. So. Yeah. Bring them in now, and you've got those two running backs behind Baker Mayfield who have now got this massive gap to run through. I know it isn't doesn't work that way every single time, but yeah, let's just say that was the issue. They fixed that. I brought in another tight end who fits the two tight end system that the new head coach plays. Yeah, all all things are looking good. And this this is probably a negative way of looking at it. But Nick Chubb just went down with a concussion. And they brought Kareem Hunt in to play more snaps. And they're already saying Kareem Hunt is looking like the best Kareem Hunt they've seen.
1: That's and it, such training camp talk. Though, it, it is.
0: It is. It is. But when Kareem Hunt had this absolute disaster of an idea to kick someone on the floor, and he ruined his career, basically, he was the leading back for the best team in the NFL. Yeah. And, and he wasn't struggling there. There wasn't like where Damien Williams and you were saying, oh, he's the weak link. He was smashing it yeah, week yeah, in, it? week out. So the, and now the fact that he, now he possibly could be, it depends how long Chubb's in um, concussion protocol. I know it's two weeks usually, but depends how he's feeling after two weeks. But if he's, if he's not fit for the first week, you could see Kareem Hunt with this lead back situation, this new new ramped Browns team. <laughs> I'm, I'm honestly, I, if it, if England, I, think the things, I think the ceiling yeah. is very high for the Browns.
1: I think both Chubb and Hunt are, are very good running backs. You could argue that Hunt is actually better for Stefanski's system because he can be used as a, um every-down back. So you can use him to run between the tackles. Yeah. And obviously he's great as a receiver at the back as well. Yeah. So the amount of times that you would see Stefanski with his two tight end sets still do a play-action rollout that would basically have the entire line and both tight ends move across. So pretty much effectively a screen pass as well. Yeah. You're going to be seeing Queen Hunt taking them for 20, 30, 40 yeah. yards at a time. Just going to be chunk plays. My only thing with the Browns will be how good are they going to be in the red zone? Because in theory, they should be good with Hooper. Um, in joke, David in joke, who should be a great red, red zone weapon. But yeah. some, really, some reason he's not um, really done it yet. The tight end they've drafted as well. He looks like he could be a red zone weapon. He's like six foot four, six foot five. Um, he could be enough for them. Mostly, Elder Beckham's, um can take a slant from en- from um, from anywhere and get a touchdown. So, yeah, to me, are they gonna score enough points? Because I can see them really easily moving between. Well, from from the twenty yard line into the red zone, it's how are they going to finish?
0: Yeah, and that's fair. I think, I think yeah, it's it's fair to be skeptical of that. Which, you know, you've seen the Browns over the past two years. I think this is we've got to look at it a different situation. We've got a uh, head coach now coming with pedigree. I know he's not been a head coach before, but he's got pedigree playing in successful teams who have, who have used systems to play really good football. It's not like yeah. Freddie Kitchens coming in. <laughs> and it was almost the most laughable decision that the NFL's made.
1: And It seemed great at the time, though.
0: I mean, it That's didn't. That's the problem? It didn't at all. Like you Not know When he got appointed, I was like, oh my, oh my word, what has happened? But right. it, it's. Yeah, the new head coaches come in. And I just think there's a new. For example, Freddie Kitchen said to Baker Mayfield, let's put some. More muscle on, protect yourself and get sacked. What a negative way of looking at things. The new head coach comes in and says, "No, I need you to lose some weight. I need you to be able to move around behind that line." Yeah, that's a better way of thinking. That's a much better way of thinking. Yeah, and so I think all all things are telling me that I think the Browns are going to have a good year this year. Again, I was aboard the Browns hype train last year. Didn't You've been work out for me. Brown
1: hype train every single year.
0: And we're going, we're jumping on board again this year. So let's see what happens. Right, so we'll move I mean, on. I mean, I hope that. the
1: Browns have a good season. You know, yeah? they, I love their uniforms. Fans are I great. Uniforms, yeah. Um, I love the dog that they, that they have at the at the game as well. You know, there's a lot to like about the Browns.
0: There is. So we'll move on to our low ceiling teams now. I think that's I realise be... as
1: well, it's high ceiling, low floors, isn't it? So oh, yeah. low floors, not low ceilings.
0: Oh, what a nightmare. Yeah, low floors.
1: It's fine so... We're amateurs.
0: We're amateurs, we are amateurs. So, our low-floor teams then. So, I'll let you kick it off again then. Who's your first one?
1: So my first one is the New York Football Giants. Okay. Um, their schedule is an absolute disaster, especially the <laughs> beginning. So, Poor giants. I'll, I'll, re- I'll read out their first six games. At home versus Pittsburgh, probably lose. Yeah. Away, Chicago. They might win that one, but it's away, so they could lose. I mean, the Giants have got a terrible defense as well, so even Foles or Trubisky can potentially throw the ball against them.
0: I think they win that one.
1: Um, I'm not so sure. Um, <laughs> versus San Francisco? They lose. At the Rams? <laughs> lose. At the Cowboys? Lose. Yeah, so that, that, that's game five. So then game six versus Washington. So. Again, they probably should win that game, but the Redskins have got a great defence. Oh, they'll beat the Redskins. Redskins have got a great defence.
0: Yeah, that's, that's, that's all well and good, but when your offence has got okay. nobody.
1: Right, well, you, so you think they'll go 2-6. I think they'll go 0-6 in those weeks. Um, I, don't think, I don't think they'll beat Chicago, and I don't think they'll beat Washington. I keep saying the R word, don't I? I don't think they'll beat Washington. There I is. think they'll go 0-6. And the New York press is going to love it. Um, <laughs> I think two other reasons why they've got a low floor. Jason Garrett is the offensive coordinator. potentially the most boring man in the NFL. Hasn't called plays for a very long time. Mm-hmm. And last time he did call plays for the Cowboys, the offense was quite good. Obviously, you had Romo. They um, did a good offense in general. But it's been so long since he's, since he's called plays. How is he going to cope? Gelman's is the GM. I like to rip Gettleman as much as anything. I just think he's useless. A troll in a yeah. in a in a new world. Um and then the new head coach, Joe Judge, who sounds like a TV show character from the 80s.
0: Have you heard what he's been doing?
1: I have. So this this is my point. Oh my god. He is trying to be more Bill Belichick than Belichick himself. He's treating he's treating the players like they are kids.
0: High school players, yeah.
1: What could possibly go wrong in 2020? Treating adults like children. like Obviously, in his press conference, he was like, Daniel Jones isn't going to be a guaranteed starter. That's a, that, that's bullshit. Don't say that. Why? Like, well, yeah, yeah.
0: No, no. That, no he is. <laughs> exactly.
1: Um, and then uh, yeah, um, the players don't have the names on their training camp jerseys because n- 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 um, no one can have names. Um crazy it's, it's just bizarre like i don't understand what he thinks it's like good can come from this from, it's from like, treating uh, grown men some of these players are probably older than him like i don't know how old joe judge, judge maybe i'm lying there but he looks like he's out. fairly young do
0: you know it's, i think it's crazy he's 38 no there's no nobody younger than him nobody, nobody older than him sorry
1: still like it's absolutely bizarre
0: you know what I find mad? So, so it's like it's like when you've got when you were in when you were a young kid and you had a new football team, you got a new manager, and he came in and he was like, This is my way, we're doing it my way. Yeah. And he started putting strict rules down. these these have made these players have made it into the NFL. They've been through all that graft. They've been yeah. to high school. They've grafted their asses off. They're in the NFL now. Stop Saquon Barkley probably hasn't done laps of a field since he was <laughs> Proper young. Probably been the best player in his class yeah. since he was like four or five years old. Yeah. And now he's being told, off you go, mate, around the, round the laps. Isn't he I making probably...
1: the coaches do laps as well? If the coaches make yeah. a mistake, or the coaches do laps? This is just bizarre. I don't get it. Like He's trying to be built like more, more Belichick than like Bill is himself. I don't understand it.
0: It isn't going to work. I don't
1: see how this can work. It's going to be a terrible culture. To be able to win and be successful, you need to have a, a really good, thriving culture. I don't understand how this is going to cultivate a thriving, positive culture if you're just getting yelled at.
0: In contrast, have you seen any of Hard Knocks?
1: I have seen the first episode, not, so, not the second one yet.
0: McVeigh is the complete contrast, and he treats these players like they are, like gods. Yeah, you know, He talks to them in a way of, let's get this right because look how amazing it would be if we get it right, rather than screaming at them, like, go and do laps. Imagine telling Aaron Donald to go and do laps. (laughs) Especially Um, McVeigh. McVeigh's
1: only small. He was a little slot receiver. Um, I
0: can't can't believe believe what, like, these... First of all, I couldn't believe you got appointed for a start. Yeah. And second of all, you've gone into this job that you probably didn't deserve. Yeah. And the first thing you do is alienate all the players.
1: Yeah, it's bizarre. And then the defensive coordinator, so like I said, the defense is trash. They've got absolutely no one. Um Jabril Peppers is like kind of the the, the only player that they've really got noticeable And Dex Lawrence, the rookie last year. Um but the defensive coordinator that Joe Judge brought in, who he knew from the Patriots, was the def was the defensive um sorry, some sort of defensive coach on the Dolphins last year. The, the Dolphins' defence that was almost historically bad. So, yeah, well, this guy's never called plays before. Everyone
0: picked up the team yeah. that were playing the Dolphins.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um, so, I, I i don't see how any of this is going to go well. And, like I said, Owen 6 They're going to start Owen 6 And then even in Game 7, they play Philadelphia. Game 8, they play wow. Tampa. 9, they play Washington again. Week 10, they play Philadelphia. Going into some, then they've got their bye week in week twelve they play the Bengals. Going into that week twelve game against the Bengals, they might only have one or two wins.
0: I reckon they have two wins, yeah.
1: Right, no, yeah. It's mad. Do
0: you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna move on to mine because we're gonna keep it in New York. Uh which which goes on to your point of the New York press is gonna have an absolute field day. They're gonna love it, so yeah. You've got them you've got the Giants going zero and nine, haven't you? I've got the Jets going zero and nine for their start. This could be no wins in the first nine games for either New York teams. I've got the Fantastic. Jets going. I've got the Jets going three and thirteen. I think they are a steaming mess. And, yeah. and yeah. I know Jets fans are quite passionate. And I put our predictions out, on uh, well my, sorry, on our Instagram page.
1: Yeah.
0: And obviously, each fan base has their say, and it is quite amusing seeing some of the comments that I do get. But the Jets fans were like horrified that I thought that they would get less wins than they did last year. It's like, well, you're not playing the exact same schedule right. as last year, so that's a variable already. Yeah. And then, you know, have you seen the receivers on your team? They are awful. Like, you've got Crowder as your wide receiver one. Perriman. Oh, my God. You've got, you've got the uh, rookie Mims, Mims, is it Mims.
1: Denzel Mims, yeah.
0: You've got him as a wide receiver three. Like he's a starting receiver. There's not even a chance for him to warm up. You are out there, mate, and you have got the pressure of the whole of New York Jets on your shoulders. That isn't the recipe to success, is it? And, okay, so they've improved the uh, line with one offensive lineman. Yeah. We've, we know for a start that doesn't, that doesn't work, just replacing one offensive lineman. Who's he going to help? Is he blocking? What's he doing? Avion Bell has not been the same player since he's been there and I think Sam Darnold will just force balls to him. I think in like terms yeah. of, like, let's say, fantasy football, he could be the only player that could succeed. But the rest of the team, if, if the Jets go down in a game, which I see that happening every single game, because the defense has now gotten worse, losing Jamal Adams as well, madness. Yeah. So it's, it's just getting worse and worse. Haven't they had CJ Mosley sit out as well? Yeah, he's
1: opted opted out. Yeah.
0: (laughs) look at That hole in the middle of the season. After
1: getting injured last season, in like week one or two, wasn't it?
0: Yeah, so this is just not good for them. I think they're going down early in every game they play, and then there's absolutely no chance of them getting back up again. And the Jets fans are like, no, we had seven wins last year. Yeah. Okay, so that's... I'm not going through them all, but every team they play in the first nine games will beat them. There's not even... Have you got it up there?
1: I've got it up there. Let's go Go through it. So at buffalo lose easily easy, easy. Um, at home against the 49ers lose they lose away against the colts lose
0: they lose <laughs>
1: yeah. at home against denver probably lose
0: yeah
1: at home against arizona
0: definitely lose.
1: lose yeah away against the chargers they lose. lose there's no yeah. way they're scoring double digit points no. against that defense um week 7 against the bills lose, lose. yeah week 8 Away at Kansas City, and that those twenty-two percent fans
0: yeah,
1: lose, lose. <laughs> at home against New New England lose.
0: Yeah,
1: and that's a Monday night game as well.
0: Yeah, no chance.
1: Um Week ten, away against Miami.
0: That's one. I, I think things.
1: they'll lose because I think? think Tibor. I think Tibor will be in by then. Wow. And then week eleven, bye week. Week twelve, Miami again. If two is playing, I think they'll lose. Oh my god. Week thirteen. The the Raiders. They'll probably lose. Week fourteen, the Seahawks.
0: They lose.
1: Lose. Uh fifteen get, uh, against away at the Rams. Yeah. Lose. lose. Sixteen against the Browns. Wouldn't surprise me if they win it, probably Browns will probably shoot the bed week week sixteen.
0: I've got them winning that game and the two man. Yeah, they could game. actually
1: win. And then I mean, they always split with the Patriots, don't they, normally? Mind you, not for the last couple of years. But last game of the season, they're at New England. I
0: think they lose it. I, I think it's, it's yeah. honestly, I've got them
1: at 3-13. I think three is a generous. good amount of wins. Yeah, I mean, we, we, you've not even mentioned Gase yet. I feel like all you have to say uh, say about the Jets is Gase, and then you can just end the conversation there.
0: <laughs> honestly, the Jets fans were like, I was, I, they were like, why do you think they're going to have three wins? Like, why do you think they'll have seven? I don't just not say because four? they had it last yeah. year. You tell me why they'll get the seven wins this year, and there's no real argument for it. Because imagine Sam Darnold, he's come out as a quite talented quarterback out of the draft into a team, and they made no effort at all to improve the receivers. Okay, they drafted yeah. someone, but they made no real effort. Like they could have gone out in free agency and looked for a receiver. Or they could have done anything. like traded for a receiver. There were trades going on everywhere. The Cardinals got Hopkins out of a trade for for Buttons. Yeah. They could like for and and Le'Veon Bell's in a better situation than, than DJ. They couldn't have traded Le'Veon Bell away. know.
1: You think, think so?
0: It's just it is just a hot mess from top to bottom. So yeah. that's my so New York is just a hot blazing mess.
1: The the only shining light is the, uh, I do think Joe. Joe Douglas, the GM, could be good. And if he can use those picks that he's got from the Jamal Adams trade and use them properly, they could, within like two or three years, be a good team. They just need to get rid of Gase. Probably churn through well, a lot of the bottom of that roster.
0: Because Gase picked Douglas, so...
1: No, uh, Gase didn't pick him.
0: He did he had, he had a lot to do with picking the GM, so... They had the head coaching first, didn't they? They
1: and had the then, head coaching first, but I don't think Gace got to Yeah, he, he, he was helping pick the GM. Oh, that is a disaster then. Yes, yeah, a, 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 a very just, bad decision.
0: Yeah, it's just a, a cycle where they can't get rid of either of them. Yeah. It's, but before we go into any more and get too far into why New York is just not a good place to sports this year, yeah. I think let's go on to your next um, low floor.
1: So I'm going to Chicago. So okay. I've already said, Trubisky falls. Neither of them are going to be scary. Um, no. I also feel like the head coach Jim Nagy and the uh, and the GM are they the favourites? Do you think at their positions to get fired first?
0: I think Nagy is one of I, them.
1: I think. I mean, to me, the GM probably should be even more so than Nagy because obviously he picked Trubisky, he made that trade for Khalil Mack. Um, as well. Whereas I think Nagy came in in Trubisky's second year, didn't he? So, yeah, you know, it's not his quarterback, technically. Maybe he's got a little bit more wiggle room, but I think the GM, certainly, if they don't have a good season this year, is going to be gone. Um, and I think there's just a lot of questions for this team, um, and I'm not sure if they really know what the answers are themselves. So when you think about the quarterback, who is going to be their best quarterback? Is it going to be Trubisky or Falls? To me, they're kind of both as bad as each other. Neither of them are the right answer um, with the running game. Um, they had drafted David Montgomery last year. He looks like he could be a fairly good player. Like, yeah. Not, he's probably not going to be a star, but he could be a serviceable like
0: yeah back end, of,
1: back end of the top uh, back end of the top ten
0: yeah. in
1: terms of rushing yards at least. But then Tariq Cohen. Tariq Cohen was one of the most electric players in the league in his rookie year. Everyone thought he was going to be the next coming of Darren Sproles. And it was almost like they didn't know how to use him last year. Like they'd forgotten how to call plays for him. Um, When you're looking at their receivers, I think it was Alan Robinson that got paid. Yeah. Is that that Alan Robinson? But outside of him, do they really have anyone? No. Um, They brought in Jimmy Graham, which is the most bizarre move, I think, in all of the NFL this year. Um, Madness, especially when when the Bears played against them twice for like the other money they gave him, I don't know. So they're quite far removed from what they were back in 2018. Obviously, 2018 was clear Mark's first year. It all looked like it was going to be a raging success, but since then. That trade is looking worse and worse for the Raiders, and it, sorry, worse and worse for the Bears, and looking better and better for the Raiders. Yeah. Um. So, what are they? What are they going to be like this year? Like one of their star D linemen, the, the nose tackle Eddie Goldman, he's opted out. He was probably kind of the more underrated person on that line because he did all the dirty work in the Solid, middle. Yeah, exactly. Um. He kind of allowed Khalil Mack to, to go and and do his damage on the edge. And yes, Khalil Mack is a great player, but. When you think about what they had to give up in that trade—the three first-round picks—I don't think he's lived up to that quite. S- certainly not after his first season. Um, obviously, they've lost some pieces from their secondary as well. Um, I think they lost uh, a linebacker in free agency as well. I think there's just a lot of question marks on this team, um, and I can uh, yeah, I can easily see them having a top-five pick next year with a new coach and a new GM.
0: Yeah, I've got them. The Chicago Bears, five
1: and 11. Five and 11. I think that's quite generous, five. Do you think? I'd say so. I think... Five wins. Yeah. Because those five wins won't be coming. Like, let's say Trubisky wins you one game. At some point, he'll get benched. Let's say Foles produces some magic and wins you one or two games. Maybe Khalil Mack gets a strip sack and wins you a game. That's four wins, like, at the most. And again, they've got a pretty difficult schedule.
0: They have. They have, yeah.
1: Like they've got they played Detroit twice. And I think Detroit potentially could could have a good offense this year, but the defence is a mess.
0: I think it's um I think the thing with, with Chicago. So Matt Nagy came into that team as head coach as being one of the most innovative innovative, sorry, head coaches in the league, and and it showed the first year he was pulling kicks yeah, off the yeah. bag everywhere, as you said, Tari- Tariq Cohen. Uh, and the defense was incredible, and it wasn't just the defense yeah. that made the defense look good. The offense, not absolutely stinking. Traski so look actually
1: looked decent yeah. in that. In that yeah. Yeah. he he was a top half of the league quarterback.
0: He ran which... for he ran for for in like a period of four games, he had like an unbelievable amount of rushing yards. Yeah. Um, I think I think it fell apart on both sides of the ball. Matt Nagy. I think he got desperate. He realised things weren't working, and just scrapped his old views, put them aside, and started trying to play this other style of football, trying to get himself out of trouble. Whereas, I think the style of football that he was playing anyway would have naturally just taken him out of trouble. So, I yeah. think if he go, I think this year if he goes back to what he was doing, it could be a better year for them. Still not a good year, but a better year for them than what maybe what you're saying. But I think if the second things start going badly, which they could do very quickly. You never know what you're going to do. It could it could be getting desperation again. Yeah. It could think like tactics start going out the window when desperation kicks in. You, yeah. you don't use your skill players in the correct way because you're just thinking I I need that next first down. So it, you are right. The, the, the it's so many unstable situations in that team, and it only needs one of them to completely collapse for the whole team to just be like on its arse. So yeah, you you are right. It could have could have a terrible season this year.
1: Yeah, I think I think they will. I think, I think three four wins as a max for the Bears. Sorry, okay. Bears fans.
0: Sorry, Bears fans. So I'll go on to my next one, and I think this one's an unpopular opinion again, and it definitely is with you. So, and again, the fans of this team were not happy either. So the Miami Dolphins. I I need to apologise here because i do not not like the dolphins i i like the dolphins a lot as to what they've done to the team the the, the head coach i like i've got a lot of time for he said no to the um the whole tanking situation He's like i you may want to tank to the head office but i am not tanking this is yeah. my job i'm playing for which is fair play a lot of respect for that uh, you yeah. anyway, he he played and the fact gave the fans something to watch however They've made around twenty-five changes to this team. They have brought in like fifteen or sixteen players in free agency. They drafted about fourteen players. It, it, it's yeah, if that if my numbers are correct, but that is just a mental amount of changes to me. And considering they've had no OTAs, no mini camps, the practice now is just quarter, running through plays and quarterbacks throwing balls. There's no yeah. there's no real Real practice. There's been no pre-season. This, this, I think it's going to take the Dolphins six games at least to figure out what their best team is. By that time, they're in a, they're in a slump. And I don't think they'll... So, Tua, I think, will be fit, and I still think he won't start. I no, think
1: he, he, he won't start, no.
0: And I think it will be Fitzpatrick. And I think after six games, if the slump is that bad, and they're not showing signs of winning... I don't know if he'll put two in, and and have that negative impact on his on his year. I think they might just say to Fitzpatrick, "Do what you can." Last year you got out of a, a fair few games. Just do what you can, and I think this this year yeah. I've got them at two and fourteen. I know it is brutal. And I think the only two games they won against the Jets.
1: <laughs> do you don't you don't think they'll beat the Bengals?
0: No, honestly, I don't. No, don't
1: think they'll beat the Bengals.
0: No, no.
1: No, I mean, I think I get what you're saying about the roster turnover and the fact that they, there won't be preseason games this year, but they also had a lot of roster turnover the, for the 2019 season. They had a lot of new players, and especially on that defense. I think on the defense, it was like eight or nine new starters. And yes, it took a them a while pre-season. to get going. And they did have a full preseason, that's right. But when you look at the players that they've brought in this time, Half of them at some point have played for the Patriots, so they're going to have some knowledge of the system anyway. They're all, so some of them are more veterans, so they'll pick up systems quicker anyway. Whereas for the start of the 2019 season, it was a lot of rookies, undrafted rookies, um, second, third year players who bounced around from other teams. So if they're getting in more veteran players, you'd like to think that they can pick up the, the playbook quicker. So yes, it will take a couple of weeks for a team to gel, but I think everyone's going to be like that, apart from the likes of the Chiefs and the Saints, who are relatively unchanged. Like Tampa, I think Tampa could take five or six weeks to gel, again just because yeah. of the practice situation and um, and their preseason games. Um, but no, I think from what Flores showed us last year, he's going to be a very, very good coach. Yeah, and certainly in certain terms of teaching um, teaching players and getting them up to speed so I think yes those first couple of games maybe will be a bit difficult and those two games were against the Patriots and the Bills yeah. week three they're playing Jacksonville that could be like a perfect get right game for them um, Thursday That's night sure. game
0: I think um, So I know the moving pieces is just something I'm going to keep sticking to but let's say even the running back situation they brought in Jordan Howard and Matt Breeder so, Matt Breda is plastic. Maybe even Play-Doh. No, no one knows what he's made out of. Like, you know, he's always broken. And Jordan Howard has struggled for the past three years, realistically. He even got pushed out by Tariq Cohen in yeah. Chicago. And then he went to the Eagles and never really made a go of it, even though that was probably his best chance to make a go of it. And I've gone to the Dolphins... You but, haven't got the best offensive line. And they've got a system that you now have to get used to. And also, it's it's just
1: too many... I, I just can't... Who who needs a running back when you've got Fitzpatrick there slinging the ball over the field? Yeah, but to Parker,
0: and, and that's pretty
1: much it. Chiseki, the tight end, looks pretty good. Um, yeah, they've not got much else apart from Parker, but they were still a productive passing offence in the back end of last season. And... Yes, I think Tua is going to be great, but they'll probably wait until about week nine for Tua. Because let's say, like you said, they struggle in the first six games. Week seven, they're playing against the Chargers. I think it'd be very difficult to throw a rookie in against that Chargers defence for the first game. Week eight, they then play the Rams again. I wouldn't want to throw a rookie against Aaron Donald for his first game.
0: Imagine that.
1: So week nine, they play the Cardinals. And whilst their defence should be improved and they've still got Chandler Jones and Patrick Peterson at corner. Um that could probably that would probably be a better place for Tua to come in and start. Um but I still have got a bit of faith in Fitzpatrick. He just makes things happen. He the does. team absolutely adores him. I yeah. adore him. I wish I was I think him. everywhere
0: he's been now, people adore him, but I don't think he's been to a team Yeah,
1: like yeah. He's he's an amazing teammate for everyone. Um he was loved in Tampa. Um no that's part of the reason why I like him so much. Yep. My mate, who's a Dolphins fan, loves Fitzpatrick. Like he knows he's not very good, but he's just exciting.
0: Yeah. He is and good.
1: he went to Harvard if you didn't know. So
0: Yeah, bonus. very intelligent fella. Yeah. So we asked a question, it's off topic. We don't agree on the Dolphins, that's fine. But let's go off topic here. And this is something that I've always wondered. So I know that players like let's say Aaron Donald again because he is an absolute monster. In his head, all he thinks of is win. Because that's the way he's been wired, hot wired for the last 15, 20 years of his life, he's been told yeah. to win. So let's say Tua is lying nothing on the side of him. And Aaron Donald's job is basically to hit that quarterback as hard as he can, force the ball out, you know, make something happen for the defense. Is there anything in his mind thinking, Ooh, he nearly lost his career last, last summer? Like no. he, he was he was seconds from losing his career. And if I hit him hard enough I could probably ruin his career
1: No I don't think so no, everyone's, too, uh, everyone's too competitive Even with Alex Smith Let's say Alex Smith Managed to get out For a snap This year And play a meaningful Quarterback snap Whoever's lining up Against him on that D-line Is going to want to sack him Do you think? And, he, and he, he 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 nearly had to Have his leg amputated Like They're still going to want to hit him uh, they're, they're too competitive It's like, crazy it's not, it? it's not It's not Saturday It's not like I mean even Saturday Sunday football In the UK they want to snap each other, you know. Yeah. Um, people I play cricket against on a Saturday, some of the bowlers want to hurt each other. I don't personally understand that. Like, <laughs> at, the the, at the end of the day, it's a gentleman's game, and we're only playing it for fun. But anyone who's a professional and a competitor, I don't think they'll care. Like, they'll probably show a sign of caring after it happened, you know. And you see that from players anyway. When when you see someone hit someone in a bad way, and you're involved in a in a play when someone gets injured. you know you do see players going over to each other yeah offering 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 support, you know all the players take a knee, don't they, and quite often send up a prayer because they're all crazy religious um so they definitely feel bad about it, but I don't think the, the, there wouldn't be anything in his mind to say, oh no, I have to take 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 ten percent off on this play I... I, I don't think that exists
0: fair. I, I I think there's a little bit inside his head that would think, ooh, I probably shouldn't hit him as hard as I can.
1: But I think, if anything, he would want to tackle the rookie, the star rookie quarterback. It's it's another little flag to put up. Maybe. For yourself.
0: Well, on that note, we'll call this a day and we'll join us. Um, well, when I was I just going to
1: say, whilst we're getting what? off topic a little bit, going back to hard knocks. Oh yeah. What did you think in the first episode of That Flex by Sean McVay when he um, he's talking about getting the rose, glass of rose out, and then you see that he, the the camera pans to that lovely view across the uh, the LA Valley, I'm looking across the city, and then he gets in the pool to show it, to show to show the tricks from his dog. Which isn't a trick. He's just hitting the dog in the nose with a <laughs> yeah. basketball, which yeah. I kind of don't understand why it doesn't hurt the dog because the nose yeah. is really sensitive. But he's literally just done that so that you can see his lovely fiance.
0: And they looks like
1: a bizarre, a bizarre Barbie doll. His lovely house, and then the fact that he's been hitting the gym for like six months straight. That's the only reason why they've done that. Yeah, that's the that's the only reason why why they've done it. Like the thing with his dog. Like I thought the dog would be like. Dunking it in or something like that. Yeah. Like yeah. alley oops with a dog. Yeah. The dog's just standing there trying to bite it. I like,
0: <laughs> was very tricks. confused. Yeah, the dog's trying to burst your basketball, mate.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Very confused. I agree. I, I, did, I did enjoy the bit at the end though, with the uh the hard knocks guys taking a shit on the porta party.
0: Uh yeah. I think oh uh, you need to watch episode two.
1: It's not on Game Pass yet. I tried looking it through it earlier. Is it? Yeah, I watched it today. Yeah. I tried this afternoon and it didn't come up. I'll try, I'll try again.
0: Right. Well, on that note, we will leave it there and we'll join again next time with some more, hopefully more exciting content. If you do want to catch us on our social media, we are at the QuickSnap UK on both Twitter and Instagram. And we have got our website, www.TheQuickSnap.co.uk. So until next time, guys.